At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to talk about the science of agoraphobia. As with most mental health issues, there's a lot of confusion, misinformation, and stigma associated with panic attacks, panic disorders, and agoraphobia. It's estimated that around 2 out of every 100 people suffer from panic disorder, and one-third of those will go on to develop agoraphobia. So chances are, you know someone who's dealing with one of these debilitating illnesses. One such person is Robinson Wells, a writer who lost his full-time job shortly after being diagnosed with several mental illnesses. If you're a fan of science fiction and fantasy, you can help Rob out by sponsoring a fantastic anthology written by a bunch of amazing and best-selling authors, including people like Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Brandon Mull, Jessica Day George, and more. They've all banded together to help him raise money to get out of this current situation. To find out more, you can look up the Altered Perceptions campaign on Indiegogo, or go to bit.ly.com slash robwells. So now, in order to dispel some of the confusion and myths surrounding these illnesses, let's go and take a look at some of the science behind them. But first, I want to thank this week's sponsor, Netflix.com. You can watch thousands of TV episodes and movies on your PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or on your TV through your Xbox, PlayStation 3, or Wii, all streamed to you by Netflix, saving you time, money, and hassle. For a free 30-day trial, go to quickanddirtytips.com offers. Have you ever been frightened? I mean, really frightened? Maybe you got a bad scare while coming around a corner in the dark. Or perhaps you lost sight of a child in a crowded place for a short time. Or maybe you just received news that a loved one was in an accident, but you didn't know the details. Or maybe you have a severe fear of heights, and then one day you find you have to climb up a really tall ladder. You start to break out in a sweat. Your heartbeat accelerates. You can't breathe. You're sure you're about to die. You can barely think straight, let alone function. This is called a panic attack. Now, imagine that you have those same feelings, but for no apparent reason. You're just sitting there working or walking down the street, and suddenly you feel the same way. Or maybe you've had a panic attack in the past, and suddenly you're so worried that you'll have another panic attack that you have a panic attack just thinking about it. Part of your mind knows that there's nothing wrong, but that part is bound, gagged, and shoved into a corner, powerless to help you. If this happens to you more than once within a month, you may have what is known as panic disorder. Now suppose that you start to worry that you'll have such an attack in public. What happens if you're driving down the street, or you're at the mall, or at work, and you have an attack like that? So you start to alter your behavior in order to avoid those locations. This is called agoraphobia. Adding to the confusion of how to understand, diagnose, and treat these illnesses is the fact that scientists are still not all agreed on how to define them. While the above situation is the current consensus, there's some evidence showing that agoraphobia can develop even if you've never had panic attacks. Now, as with most illnesses, there's both a genetic and environmental component to panic disorder and agoraphobia, though it's still unclear how much influence genetics has versus the environment on the severity of the symptoms. As I've mentioned before on the show, 
Part of the problem with having a mental illness, often worse than the illness itself, is the stigma associated with mental illness. The cost to a person suffering from a mental illness often goes beyond the time and money involved in medical treatment. While many employers are sympathetic if you need time off for something like cancer treatment, not as many feel the same way if you need time off for mental illness. Nor is it going to be as easy for you to come back to the workforce if you've lost your previous job due to a mental illness. And many people lose their jobs once diagnosed, and the added financial stress can cause the illness to get a lot worse. Because of this, many people don't seek treatment early or at all, which, as with any kind of illness, makes it more difficult to find effective treatment later. So given that treatment for panic disorder and agoraphobia is often extremely effective, why don't more people seek help? Well, aside from the fact that sufferers of mental illness often avoid treatment due to the social stigma associated with it, Panic disorder often occurs jointly with other mental illnesses, such as depression, which can make seeking treatment even more difficult. The current treatment for panic disorder and agoraphobia include cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, and that's often combined with the prescription of drugs called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs. CBT usually involves such methods as helping the patient understand the physical and mental aspects of the fight-or-flight response that they're feeling during an attack and teaching patients relaxation techniques. Another key part of CBT is encouraging patients to expose themselves to situations that they fear will trigger an attack, but in a way that helps them build up a tolerance to such situations. In addition to in-person CBT conducted by a psychologist, some research has shown that self-help treatments, sometimes referred to as bibliotherapy, can also be effective in dealing with panic disorders and agoraphobia. A recent study also found that just using internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy can help significantly with symptoms. But even with the self-help treatments, the first step is to seek evaluation from a professional who can guide you to the best treatment for you. The prescription drugs, SSRIs, help by working to increase the amount of serotonin available by preventing the brain from absorbing it. The jury's still out on whether or not SSRIs are needed in addition to the cognitive behavioral therapy. Once again, I want to thank Netflix for sponsoring this week's podcast. You can watch thousands of TV episodes and movies on your PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or TV instantly, all streamed to you by Netflix, saving you time, money, and hassle. Netflix is one of the best entertainment values around and one of my personal favorites. You can watch past seasons of a ton of different science fiction TV shows such as Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, and Lost, as well as more educational things such as one of our family's favorites, The Wild Kratts. A great show where the Kratz brothers take you on an adventure to explore the wonders of wildlife. You can get a free trial of Netflix Instant Streaming at www.quickanddirtytips.com offers where you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. So now hopefully you understand a little more about agoraphobia, panic attacks, and panic disorder. As I mentioned earlier, chances are someone you know is suffering with one or more of these conditions, and the cost to a person suffering from a mental illness often goes way beyond the time and money involved in medical treatment. Once again, if you're a fan of science fiction and fantasy, you can help out Robinson Wells and get a great anthology written by a bunch of amazing and best-selling authors, including Brandon Sanderson, Brandon Mull, Jessica DeGeorge, Dan Wells, and many others who've banded together to help Rob raise money to get out of his current situation. To find out more, go to Indiegogo and search for the Altered Perceptions campaign, or go to bit.ly.com slash robwells. If you liked today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash QDTEinstein. If you have a question you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Lee Phelan, 
with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for making sense of science. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.